This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by the gifted and talented program at Fairview Elementary School in Idaho Falls. Promoting understanding about gifted and talented students and advocating for them since 1972. The gifted and talented program at Fairview Elementary School. I'm Julia Michaels. <laughs> and I'm Julia Michaels' less talented sister. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. Episode number five of this program. I'm Tim. This is that's Matt. We're not actually Julia Michaels or her sister. <laughs> um, we are two adult men. Wouldn't you say, Matt? <laughs> That's right, Tim. Yeah, no, no arguments there. That's absolutely right. But we did give away the uh, the point of this app, obviously. Um, and if you clicked on the episode or selected it on your phone, you already know what we're talking about because it's in the dang title. It's not like it's a big surprise. There's no reveal here. We're talking about Julia Michaels. Jealous, I'm overzealous. When I'm down, I get real down. When I'm high, and I gotta say, man, I'm fired up about this one. Me too, man. Uh, I think I think Julia Michaels is someone who we we gotta understand to understand more fully what's up with uh, pop music these days. I think that's exactly right. So you're hearing, I guess her breakout song from would have been 2017 I think here she just came out with a new album uh, which is excellent I think um, but that's because I think she's one of the best working songwriters in the biz wouldn't you say Matt I would have to agree, Tim. Um, I think you know this is this is perhaps an a more uh, niche niche topic uh, because uh, you know we people know Julia Michaels sort of in general, but she's not some big star um, as an artist. Uh, she did have you know issues uh, was a was a pretty pretty solid hit for her um and she's released you know quite a bit since then but um you know she hasn't exploded in a way where she's some sort of household name um but uh what we want to talk about even even more than her career as an artist is her career as a writer and more uh broadly how that has impacted and is impacting the trends that you're hearing on the radio. Well, not the radio, uh, because we don't listen to the radio anymore, <laughs> but on your chosen streaming yeah, platform. Spinning my little dial and getting to my favorite station. <laughs> oh, and I lost it. And then I, whoop, there it is. I got it back. Uh, so, okay. First of all, this is fun because now we're we're getting into, I mean, this is someone, Matt, who is... Three years younger than both of us. That's right. And she always will be. And she always will be. And it's too bad. I mean, she's incredibly gifted and talented, I would say. I, <laughs> but, I, but as a writer, her influence, I mean, she's been influencing pop music for, I don't know, 10 years? 10 years. Yeah, at least. So that puts it back at age 17, she was making an impact as a songwriter. Where did she first make inroads with pop music? Sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, she did start writing um, sort of on a pretty big scale when she was, I don't I mean, 16 or 17. Hmm. Um, and she's, I think she's from like Iowa and she moved to L.A. and, you know, found some people, found her people and started writing and started getting cuts on huge 
songs. Um, I would say her, she, she did a few things um, for uh, maybe a lesser known uh, projects, but her biggest, I would say, uh, breakout as a writer is Miss Moving On by Fifth Harmony. I'm breaking down, gonna start from scratch Shake it off like an Etch-a-Sketch My lips are saying goodbye My eyes are finally dry I'm not the way that I used to be 2013 is when this song came out. Yep, which means it was written, you know, more likely around 2012, which was when yep. almost 10 years ago, and Julia was just uh, a small baby then and already doing this. <laughs> I mean, so many of the people we've already discussed on this show are people who were obvious geniuses at, you know, by the time they hit puberty. Taylor Swift, Lil Nas X. So no surprise that uh, we have a lot to say about Julie Michaels. I mean, that's a that's a killer pop song. Didn't she also write uh, like a theme song to a to a kids show or something? Boy, she sure did. That was actually even before she did this. Uh, it's the theme song to the Disney show Austin and Alley, uh, which also kicks. When the crowd wants more, I bring on the thunder. Cause you got my back and I'm not going under. You're my point, you're my guard, you're the perfect chord. And I see our names together on every billboard. Headed for the top, we got it on lock. It is good. No I'd watch that show just for the song. I've watched that show. I've watched most of that show. It says here that she was 14 when she met the person who she wrote, co-wrote that song with. So, yeah, that sounds about right. So. Julia Michaels, right? So she she has these early successes as a you know late teenager and into her twenties, um, kind of into the prior decade as it was beginning, and she continued to make inroads as a songwriter. She worked re- very closely with Demi Lovato uh, on a couple songs, and then Selena Gomez is is really kind of her. Uh, closest association. Can't keep my hands to myself. No matter how hard I'm trying to. Yep, she, Selena Gomez is the Austin to Julia Michaels Alley. If you've seen, if you've seen the show. So come on, give me a taste of what it's like to be next to you. And Selena Gomez gives us a really good um, set of examples of laying out explicitly what Julia Michaels is bringing to the table as a songwriter. Yes, that's exactly right. Because, so, you know, we, we could spend a long time here going over which songs Julia has written or co-written and and uh, just list her credits. However, the... The thing we want to get at here is why does Julia matter in the in today's pop landscape? And like you said, Tim, I think Selena is definitely just the best example for uh, what Julia's uh, done for the place. So, some sort of signatures of Julia Michaels, I think. I wanna say. Spare production. And you should know if like, think about this. We've got a little 808 drum. We've got vocals. We've got some bass. There are very few elements adding up here, and it it forces you to listen to the melody very closely, and, and the vocals come to the very forefront. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the vocals, you get into even the way some words are pronounced, I would say. Yep. So here's Good For You by Selena Gomez. I'm in the 14 carats I'm 14 carat Doing it up like my does What's going on here? With this song, um, 
you can really hear the Julia influences. And what I, this is some, you know, inside baseball here, but Julia would, you know, she, what she did and does with Selena, she sings the demos. Huh. And Selena essentially copies Julia's phrasing, uh, her intonation, sort of everything. Because, I mean, Julia is a much better singer than Selena Gomez. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's it's a natural thing to just sort of copy what the the other person did if you didn't That's what really I would write do. the song. Yeah. And uh, what we're hearing, and and I don't want to I don't want to lose anyone here, but what we're hearing is a lot of vowel breaking, which. I think we've, you know, if I think we, we covered that in Grammar Matters. Yeah, there was that was years ago <laughs> uh, when this song came out. But there's a, a particular technique called vowel breaking that we're hearing a lot in, uh, especially female vocals in. I would say indie pop, but now it's just pop. Yeah, we recognize it as sort of the indie singer voice, like Lord. Yeah, that's a big one. Royals was a big example of that, I would say. It's 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 what we're hearing when Selena says the word good, right? Right. She's turning the word into sort of two syllables and and at least she's breaking that o into well, it's a diphthong, right? There's mm. two different vowel sounds in there when in the actual word good, there's just the one. This is probably, I mean, I would assume that this is not a hyper-scientific process in the recording booth, but it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a stylistic choice. I think it leads to, I could be wrong here, Matt. I don't know. I'm just a dude. I'm just a weird dude in his thirties, but it's sort of a, it's, it, there's like an implied sexiness to it. Oh, wait, that's someone else. Oh, absolutely there is. That, I mean, that's very... That's very real, and like you said, I, I don't know if they really spend a lot of time in the lab cooking up exactly what they're going to do to make that sound yeah. like that, because I know Julia, sort of from day one, has sung like that, and that uh, wh- I don't know how much of it is intentional, uh, and how much of it is just subliminal, this is how I feel like I ought to sing it, but it there's a intimacy to that combined I would say also with the like you mentioned the sort of lack of production in so many tracks that Julia well has written and released um, yep. for herself there's a lot of space there's a lot of yeah. air in these tracks um, there it's very it's pretty minimalist and you combine that breaking vowels with that those close miking techniques and now you know we we talk about well we don't necessarily talk about close miking but when we do <laughs> what what that is to define what we talk about when we talk about close mic <laughs> to define that term it simply means uh, singing recording the vocals into a mic that is very close to your face what could possibly happen next? Can we focus on the love? Paint my kiss across your chest. If you're the art, I'll be the brush. And now that's that's pretty industry standard, but yep. it's yep. it brings a real intimacy to the entire performance because in reality, even if you were at uh, a small living room performance, no one would ever be as close to Julia's mouth as the mic is and the way that she uh pronounces these words and the breath that she uses yep. uh, because a lot of her consonants uh she hits them in such a way that the vowel after that is sort of just breath which i think is very interesting and which is something that selena and a lot of other singers have adopted and all those things together combine to make a real sort of a hot experience for the most part I would say it is a hot experience I mean you're right it's when you consider what close miking means it it's meant to make it feel like she's practically whispering in your ear yep just right there it, and 
it's not uh, unique anymore to any one particular artist. Sure. Uh, they, I mean, they actually, one of the things back with uh, Karen Carpenter, they close mic'd her. Huh? There was a man a And that was that was a huge part of uh, why her vocal tone was so incredible, right? Because they weren't; uh, it was just right up to your ear, and you can hear these little imperfections. You can hear uh, the uh, sibilance. You can hear even like the your tongue clicking a little bit, your teeth, you know, yeah. rattling around. Within his silence. It is so you're you're absolutely right up to that singer's face, and it works very very well. I think in such a, a paired back production, uh, like uh, Bad Liar, for example, like mm-hmm. hands hands to myself, um, like a lot of. Julia and Julia-esque songs. So, okay, so so Julia does a lot of writing with Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, uh, and eventually a lot of other folks kind of want to get in on the action. Uh, you have this song, which uh, again, now we're we're uh, switching genders and doing very different things, but you can still hear what Julia's doing. Listen to how chatty these verses are you know i try but i don't do too well with apologies i hope i don't run out of time because someone call a referee because i just need one more shot have forgiveness this is justin bieber of course sorry <laughs> made those mistakes maybe once or twice and by once or twice i mean maybe a couple of hundred times so let me one big trait of julia's writing is these really i don't know what's the word conversational verses there yeah. there are a lot of words packed into not a lot of space yes i want i really i'm glad you bring that up because that is something i wanted to address as another uh maybe in in some ways even more obvious and yeah. definitely more um more impactful at least uh trend wise mm-hmm. the big thing with julia and her writing is that the melody serves the lyrics rather than the other way around. Hmm. And I think that's very, very important to uh, keep in mind because yep. it's it informs every decision that she is making and therefore a lot of the decisions that the people who are following that trend make. There's uh, a lot of syllables yes. and there's often, mo- I think what she has actually popularized doing uh, triplets and sort of very elastic vocal rhythms that yeah. aren't there aren't locked in with the beat right they're they're a little bit all over the place because what she would rather do than have a perfect clean tight melody is say the words that she wants to say i want to play a great example of exactly what you're talking about where i think she has made it a trademark of hers this is the chorus of all your exes from her new album. I wanna live in a world where all your exes are dead. I wanna kill all the memories that you save in your head. Be the only girl that's ever been in your bed. I wanna live in a world where all your exes are dead. Right there. The way she jumps yep. the the rhythm of the lyrics because and it it gives it total new impact. And it's so cool. It's really neat. It's. I think it's great. And I, I mean, I think there are, I don't know if these are necessarily schools of thought or just preferences. Um, for me, uh, and not, I don't want to really admit that I write songs here, but... <laughs> But oh, my, the truth comes out finally. I'm sorry. My theory for myself and for what I prefer to do is have the lyrics serve the melody. Yep. If I, I, I think that the melody 
if you know having that as clean and perfect as possible is more important than using a word that you really want to use. Uh, and that is definitely like just me. It's not there's not a right or wrong way to do it. But what it does is it makes it's interesting because it makes the the melodies of a Julia Michaels song so chatty yep. and so um, so. I don't want to say all over the place because they are good melodies, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not necessarily like those verses in general, not super sing alongable. You know, there's, yeah. there's the the patterns that she's using, the rhythmic uh, phrasing, uh, make it so that she's. I mean, sh- she's got to sing it, and nobody else really can sing along with her. Let me and let me take this one step further because I think part of the appeal of that goes back a long ways. Do you know the term recitative, Matt? I do, I think, because you told me. Sure. I mean, listen to this familiar tune. Like, I, pr- I promise I'm not trying to be cute here, but I think, like, okay, so this is Habanera from Carmen, the opera. I think there's something sort of theatrical or operatic about having words to say and finding a way to spit them out in your in your melody. Yeah, I, I think it's it's trendy now. Um, it hasn't always been. Um, there was there has definitely been a time I would say most of the time in popular music where the words maybe didn't matter quite as much as that that perfect hook mm-hmm. uh, but I think with I mean th- this is a good example I think too Tim because uh, rhythmically it's not it's not a strict rhythm um, and but the the introspection or the conversation lends itself much better to uh, just kind of getting it out there. And if you've got to kind of ruin a, the integrity of, of uh, a phrasing by tacking on a few extra syllables or going a little faster or slower than you normally would, uh, fine. Yeah, that so works. Maybe even a better example here. The most beautiful sound I ever heard. From West Side Story. All the beautiful sounds of the world in a single word. Like this verse. Leads to a nice sing-song chorus, but the point mm-hmm. of the verse is to is to tell you some things, right? And that is what happens in a ton of Julia Michaels songs. Uh, this is yeah. this is from her new album, and I love it. Listen to these verses. The summer before you, I thought love was Shakespearean, more or less a painful experience. Only ever real if you're delirious The summer before you I let it take a very little oxygen Nowhere I'd rest my head more like an ottoman Never had someone like you treat me like Solomon So it gives her yep. this freedom to get really creative lyrically And make certain words jump out at you because they're out of rhythm Or because they're way more rapid fire than you would hear in someone else's writing. Yep. And it really serves the lyrics very well. It serves her voice very well. And it all congeals into this really nice final product, I think. I think a big part of this uh, is that Julia really is a, a classic songwriter in that it's it's all about her feelings it's all about her emotions yep. um, and if you read interviews or the you know notes in the release of her new uh, album on Apple music mm-hmm. it's a she is getting stuff out she's working through things I even well this is actually 
I don't want to flex here, but in <laughs> please do in, in 2016, in late 2016, I was in a meeting, and I happened to be talking to Julia Michaels' manager, hmm. and her manager. That is a flex, was, by the way. That's a real well. Flex. I mean, wow. but it's 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 important for context because what she told us that that's literally how Julia writes. Like it's hmm. sort it is. A therapeutic thing for her and it definitely sounds like it yeah it, it seems like it is largely for her uh and other people like it which is great and you know uh her manager told us at the end she was like julia has a song coming out early next year and it's gonna be big and we were like all right hmm. uh and it was issues and it was big so uh everybody was right that's you know I, it's exciting <laughs> to see that Weird. I mean, it's a weird kind of vocal vibe. Yeah. Uh, but it had been simmering under the like behind the scenes with Demi and Selena mm-hmm. and uh, Fifth Harmony and a number of other acts uh, for quite a while before Julia launched her her career as an artist. Yeah, that's what's cool about it is she kind of built a runway for herself to fit yep. right into the pop scene because she yep. is creating the pop scene just without her name on the cover of it. What's what's fascinating is that this is, uh, it became, her vocal stylings and phrasings became trendy several years ago, but we are still very, very much riding that trend because I actually, in, in preparing for this uh, episode, Tim, mm-hmm. I just grabbed a handful of songs on the on the new pop or hot pop charts. Yeah. And I said to myself, I bet there's something in here that is... That we owe to Julia Michaels. Yeah. And let me tell you, the pre-chorus of God is a Woman, those triplets... Mm. Even the the new hot one, "Kiss Me More," Doja Cat, right? Uh, that post chorus is a, a very elastic vocal rhythm. Um, we're good by Dua Lipa. She vowel breaks and does those triplets. Even even uh, driver's license. Absolutely. Yeah, I when that came out, uh, there was a lot of comparisons to Lord, which I think is also fair. Yep. But man, that like. The, the last two lines of that chorus. You said forever, now I drive alone past your street. That is, that's pure Julia. Definitely. Um, and Julia, by the way, is still busy as a writer for others. And it's it's actually, it's getting kind of funny to me because... Her circle of influence started with people that made sense, sort of, on on its face, right? Selena Gomez. Yeah. Yep. Justin Bieber, of course, he wants to get in on that. Yeah. But now, uh, here is a John Legend track with Julia Michaels doing the writing on it. Yeah. I can see my eyes inside your eyes. I like how we reflect it. I'm feeling this perspective. I want my kiss to sail around your thighs. Let me do them justice. Yeah. I love it when my roller comes. Oh my goodness. I know. Right into your ocean. Got no mixed emotion. Let me navigate. Sounds exactly like Julia Michaels. Absolutely. Uh, Here's another. This is Keith Urban. There's a place that I know that they all know me. I gotta get back now to the ones who love me. Wrap myself around you, never let you go. There's nothing in the world that feels like. Spare production, sub beats, sub bass, putting all kinds of words all into 
eight bars. Yep, exactly. Um, and actually, maybe one of my favorite examples of some of her recent writing. This is from the Chicks. Juliana, calm down. You know he's about to leave, but don't panic. Don't give him the satisfaction that you can't handle it. Breathe. It'll be okay. I can't believe that, actually. And Harper, hold on to the piece you know he's gonna try to take when he's gone. And you know exactly <laughs> where he'll try to take it from. Breathe. It'll be okay. I had not heard this. This is insane. Yeah, it's insane, right? And Just again, put on, put on, put on your It's bed. a perfect example. And this is where I this is what I'm saying, man. It's theatrical. It's operatic. That's a I mean, that's a really important point for everyone to take from this because I hadn't really considered it in those terms. Uh but like this that that it, whole verse was just yeah low ringing chords and yep dialogue i mean and it, yeah it, and it's and it's so uh, again to use this word again it is very intimate mm-hmm. uh because the lyrics when you when you're saying that much you know as a listener that those lyrics really matter yeah yeah and this is just interest this chick song is fascinating to listen to uh because she has such julia has such a stamp she has such a mark in her melodic writing uh which is i mean there's there's pros and cons of course yeah but i think that if that's the sound of that's the vibe you're going for then she's who you call and i what, what i do what i wonder is uh is this a situation where people just know that julia uh is a great writer and want her to jump on stuff or are they looking specifically for that wordy chatty intimate type of uh feeling that's because you're question. definitely going to get that what she's showing is that you can put lyrics first and still because her melodies rock and yeah and and they're hooky and you remember them and i will say too i think that a an a side benefit of uh the way that she writes and the way that she puts the lyrics at the front of her mind is that it leads to some really interesting and really original phrasings. Mm-hmm. If you think about the end of um, Hands to Myself, when there's that little vocal tag, when she says, I mean, I could, but why would I want to? It's just, it's, it's great. And I think when I think about writing in that fashion, mm-hmm. I would I would go to thesaurus.com and find a, a different word. You know, I'd find a shorter word or something that that fit a little better. Yeah. But if you if you really if you're a poet first, uh, <laughs> then that's that's a phenomenal way to do it. You set the highest bar, the holy mecca. You were smart, you were strong, you were sweet, the whole trifecta. You and it's, it's not boring, even though they're not, especially her verse melodies aren't mm, dynamic, yep. I wouldn't say. Uh, but they absolutely work, and they do uh, lead to where she wants them to, which is usually the uh, dynamism and the expression of the chorus. Yeah, and she's right, and she's obviously super smart about tension and release, and you know, the chorus being a much simpler uh, listening experience than the verse, so that your brain gets a little break, and it's it's just great. It's she is fantastic, Julia Michaels. So anytime you hear someone just firing a lot of words into not a lot of time, you can thank Julia Michaels for that. Ear Buddies will return in a moment. Oh, up all night without you, but I'm not up by myself. Well, look at me now, watch me wrap around, watch me wrap around somebody else now. 
This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by the Idaho Association for Gifted and Talented Children at Fairview Falcon at Fairview Elementary School. The Fairview Falcons. Go Falcons uh, in Idaho Falls. Matt. Tim. <laughs> um was was surprising to see this come up on on the ledger line here uh, that that the gifted and talented program wanted uh, a little bit of pop from from our show. Well, Tim, uh, it doesn't shock me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, most, if not all, of our recent uh, sponsors have been uh, in need of some positive spin. A little bit of brand rehab, yeah. Yeah, and that's why they reach out to us, and and we're happy to do it. Um, I don't know why the (laughs) Falcons in particular uh, reached out to us in particular, but... We're gonna we're gonna say a lot of good things about <laughs> their program and about gifted and talented programs as a whole, aren't we? Yeah, we we really are. So here's how it works: you're in first grade, uh, you are doing your little math minute or whatever. You're you're crunching the numbers, and you finish that sucker real fast. And your teacher mm. asks, "How'd you do that so fast?" And you say. I don't know. I'm just smart. <laughs> they scoop you up. They shuffle you out of class, down the hall, up the stairs that you've never been up. Mm. To that room. To that room. And you walk into that room, and who is there to greet you? A bunch of little brainiacs, just like you. Just like you. Pictures of Albert Einstein Winston <laughs> Churchill on the wall, who were also in the gifted and talented programs. Uh, And yeah, I mean, it's about how smart you are. That's what it's about. I don't know. I don't know what else to say, really. Uh, (laughs) And that's and then and what happens then is you are set on a trajectory. The course of your life changes. Mm, Does it ever? You were going to be a ham and egger, just sort of, you know, do your thing, keep your head down kind of kid all the way till you graduate? Not anymore. Nope. Uh, 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 uh. You are going to be reading books for fifth graders mm-hmm. in second grade. That's right. Uh, you're going to be uh, recruited for the Science Olympiad team. You're going to be doing the Geography B. You're going to be doing spelling tests mm. that were designed for someone much older than you. But you know what? You have what it takes, don't you? <laughs> That's why you're in the gifted and talented program. Falcons are, are otherwise. Exactly. And on you go, just a tier higher than everyone else, all the way till you, you put on the cap and gown. Mm-hmm. And then what? Well, and that's where for so many, it all collapses. <laughs> the... <laughs> The dream collapses, mm. uh, the veil lifts, and you see that uh, you're out there in the world, and you're not getting, you're not really getting what you feel is your due, I would say. <laughs> and it's because <laughs> of how smart you are. That's the um, thing. It's because you're such a little brainiac. Big brainiac now. <laughs> now, right. Uh, and what it's going to do from from this point, from graduation day on, is just absolutely ruin your life and self-confidence mm. uh, and probably careers prospects, um, probably relationships. Yep. Um, you will you will have developed over the time i mean it's it get the longer you're in the program the worse it gets because right. you develop a sense of self that you will see shattered um <laughs> as you go through life i do want to say here um i know i mentioned last week that i was in the gifted and talented <laughs> program yeah, it's and the it's elephant Im- in the room yeah well and it's important that i say again that the gifted and talented program was Nothing but uh, a benefit for me personally. Uh, I had six different teachers. I would be shuffled around to learn about 
the incident on Hawks Hill um, <laughs> and and how to build a violin out of uh, plywood and how to make write, a volcano so, out right, of paper mache. Uh, yep. Right. So uh, and that for me was all great and is still great. And you know why? Because I could handle it. Um, most people can't. <laughs> mm. I don't know why I actually. That's the thing. You have to. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you remember this, Matt. You were you were sitting there in that big room full of smart kids, and one by one they'd fall off. Mm, yep. Back back to your classroom. They'd say, mm-hmm. "Yep." Down those stairs, never to ascend again, <laughs> and back to the back with the normies you go. And yep, back to the salt mines. Exactly, but. Some, right, a select few sort of, you know, future Mensa can- candidates. They just don't quit. They don't quit. Tim, I want to quickly here, I don't I don't want to cut you out of the narrative. <laughs> no, um, please, go ahead. Have you had any personal experience with the Gifted and Talented program? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> that doesn't make you worse than anybody else. Um, and in fact, in fact, it probably makes you more well adjusted to the expectations of society, which I think is great. Um, but I, I just want to say I can't recommend a gifted and talented program <laughs> h- highly enough. Maybe the Falcons. Probably the Falcons. Uh, yeah. If your well, I guess parents. This is for the parents, moms mm-hmm. and dads. Listen in. Um, if your child is of strong mind and will uh, and can you you feel that your child will be able to um, only receive a, a net positive from the experience in a gifted and talented program I say go for it but it is important that you know your child well enough to to predict whether or not he or she is going to be just a dismal mess of a human being post-graduation um because it's a it's a cottage industry now sort Mm -hmm. of the the discourse around how much the gifted and talented programs have ruined our lives Uh, and i say our as a collective obviously not mine once again i'm (laughs) Doing You're really doing well, great. right? Yeah. To to wrap this ad up, and again, we thank the Falcons for sponsoring this episode. I have a little testimonial uh, here. This was this is a letter that was submitted by Falcons third grader Kyle Winter, and Kyle writes: Webster's Dictionary defines gifted as having exceptional talent or natural ability. Ever since becoming a gifted and talented student at Fairview Elementary School, my life has improved dramatically, and all of my friends still like me. So there you go. That's from a, th- a third grader? That's from a third grader. How about that? I, I believe it. He'd, that third grader deserves to be in the program. So thank you to the Fairview Falcons and the Idaho Association for Gifted and Talented Programs for sponsoring Ear Buddies. Falcons forever. Welcome back to Ear Buddies, the Julia Michaels Gushfest app. I don't know, we haven't been gushing. We've just been analyzing and offering really great insight, I think. (laughs) I think that's very true. I think if we tag Julia in this uh, release, Mm -hmm. she would probably like it. Let's try that. Let's see what happens. Also, I do want to, I need to say now, because I thought about it and I feel bad. uh, Julia Michaels does have a sister who is not necessarily less talented. Her name is Jaden and she's also a songwriter. She just hasn't uh, achieved quite the level of success. Although, how can one define success as her sister has? Thank you. Still both good people, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure they're fine people. Matt, what's your show and tell today? I've got a good one for you, Tim. Julia Michaels, a few years ago, I want to say, well, it was 2017 because it's the uh, 
little mini album that Issues mm. is on. Uh, she released a mini album called Nervous System. It's um, great. And it is so good. I have listened to it probably 100 times. Yeah. It, so it was produced by a production, a another yet another Swedish production team uh, called Matt Man and Robin. And those aren't the real names, but I think Matt and Robin somebody. And they produced this, and it, it is so spare. It is so peeled back. There's almost nothing there. But what is there is truly phenomenal. Um, and it's hard to choose a track off of this mini album that uh, is better than any yeah. other. But I think the best example for show and tell to further drive home what we've been saying uh, about her phrasing and her lyricism and um, all of those things is a song called Make It Up To You. primary instrument in this verse is just a vocal sample of hers that's right it almost doesn't even you almost can't even hear yeah the key it's in at this point so can i cut you some slack slack get all that weight off your back left the tension in the air so much space and now so let me make it up make it up make it up make it up to you let me make it up make it up make it up make it up to you now listen to this phrasing at the end it's so good it's so good to make you anxious just a really brilliant use of syncopation and elasticity it's gorgeous melodies like that wouldn't work if the production was huge if there were 75 tracks to account mm -hmm. for it works mm -hmm. she can do things like that because there is so little going on around it you can you know it, it doesn't overload your brain and it's uh, just fabulous writing get all that made off your back ah ah It's such a good chorus, wow. It's so good. There's got to be, I mean, it sounds like there are five to six instrument tracks on this thing, yeah. you know? It's just, it's so bare bones. Uh, oh, now we it have... it absolutely works. More vocal tracks. so deep, it's making you think things that aren't true. Two and a half minutes in, we finally get some harmonies. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, they're all great. Uh, this is the most Julia Michaels-esque one in my view. Yep, I think that's right. Great song, great show and tell. You were right. You had a good one. Thank you. My show and tell is a song written by Julia Michaels. Uh, it's my favorite piece of writing of hers, actually. It, just in terms of which song that she wrote do I want to hear most often, it's this one by Janelle Monet uh, from the album Dirty Computer. It's called Make Me Feel. Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that I got for you. Can be explained, but I can try for you. Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for you. You keep on asking me. The Same thing, right? Like three tracks here. Yep, and also, so this track was produced by the exact same team that did Nervous System. Uh huh. Almost nothing. Almost nothing. So great. And then this pre chorus rips. Like I'm powerful with a 
This song came out two years after Prince died, but it feels like a real ode to him. Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. You know I love it, so please don't stop it. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender and emotional sexual That might be more of Janelle Monae's influence than uh, Julie Michaels. Not everything she writes sounds like Prince, but... These guitar right. the guitars, the chords, the sexiness—it's all just—it's a—it's really good, and the vocals are so clean and. Oh, it's just great. Yeah, yeah. That's it seems to be sort of about Prince in a lot of yeah. ways, but. Uh, Makes it, makes it great. That's Julia Michaels, and it's funny. This is like I knew this song and loved this song before I knew that Julia Michaels wrote it or helped write it. And once, once you piece, once, once you make that connection, it's like, oh, of course she did, because there's just she has these signatures that are terrific, and you can see why everybody wants a piece of it. She's changed the game for now. We'll see what happens in the future. Did you learn anything today? You did. You learned about that chick's song. I surprised you with that. Well, and also, <laughs> I would say on, on a... Yes, you did. I had no idea about that. I was shocked and, and pleased and delighted. Uh, but I learned even more so in the way that I'm now thinking about mm. this. Um, the recitative. Ah! That... That was a real good, real good uh, dot you connected there, and I think it's very accurate and a good way to think about what's happening and why in these Julia tunes. Time is a flat circle, as you said a couple episodes ago. And as you said now, proving my point. (laughs) See you, buddy. See you, buddy. See you, buddy.